Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daf Differently. This is Rabbi Noah Bickard, and today we're studying Eruvin, Lamed Zion, Aleph, and Bet. Here, we're discussing the broader concept of brera, literally choice. This is connected with the topic of our Mishnah, which we talked about yesterday, which, as you may recall, talks about the situation of a person who, let's say, wants to have options on Shabbat. He or she doesn't know when Shabbat begins, which direction he or she will want to walk the full 2,000 amot the next morning. So this person attempts to proclaim doubt at the beginning of Shabbat and only make up uh, his or her mind the next morning. The various Tanaim disagree as to whether this brera is effective or not in general. And to make it more confusing, it seems, given the traditional material the Talmud's editors have before them, there seems to be conflicting reports about the views of individual Tanaim themselves. One of these is Rebbe Yossi, about whom we learned on 36b that he just doesn't believe that Brera exists, that is to say, he doesn't think that Brera, choice, is an effective halachic concept. And we pick up the Gemara here. Va'akati, Savar Rebbe Yossi, Ein Brera? Is it really the case that Rebbe Yossi is of the opinion that Brera doesn't really exist? Va'hatanya, we learned just the opposite in a Baraita. Am ha'aret she'amar lechaver, kach li aguda achat shel yerek, o gluska achat. If an Am Haaretz, a not particularly punctilious uh, Jew, anybody ever met anybody like that, said to a Haver, a real uh, a frumer Yid, a really observant person, I know these terms are much more uh, confusing, but that will do for now. So uh, if, if the not-so-religious person says to the very religious person, buy for me a bundle of vegetables or a loaf of bread, then... The chaver, the very religious person when it comes to tithes, need not tithe it. Divrei Rebbe Yossi. That's the opinion of Rebbe Yossi. The hachamim omrim tzarich la'aser. The hachamim say you do have to tithe it. Now, according to Rebbe Yossi, why would you not indeed need to tithe it? I think the rationale is pretty clear. If I'm just buying something from, for somebody else, it never really enters into my property. If my, if my friend or neighbor says, oh, I see you're going to the supermarket, will you get me a gallon of milk? Does it ever really become my milk? Or is it really ever, is it really always my neighbor's milk? That is to say, I'm responsible for tithing my stuff and he's responsible for tithing his stuff. 
And even though I know that he's probably not going to tithe his stuff, well, that's not really my problem. It never became my stuff enough that I have to tithe it. Let him tithe it. And the fact that he is not that he tends not to tithe things, well, that's his problem, not mine. That sure seems like Brera. And if that's the case, then this Mishnah challenges the notion that Rebiosi thinks that Brera does not exist. In this Baraita, Rebiosi seems to suggest that Brera exists just fine and is a perfectly legitimate principle to apply. To which the Talmud says one word which changes everything around. Epoch, switch it around. In other words, let's rewrite the Braita. Whereas in the Braita, Rebiosi says the person doesn't have to tithe it, and the sages say that he does, Epoch, turn it around, let's say that the sages say that he does not need to tithe it, and Rebiosi says that he does. There, simple, we've solved our problem, and the positions still match up. The fact that we've had to do drastic violence to the text of this, eh, not such a big deal. The Talmud continues. Tashma, come in here, another Tanaitic text. Haomer, ma'aser sheyeshli beveti mechulal al sela bidi min hakis. If a person says, let the tithe, which I have in my house, and here it's ma'aser sheni, second tithe, that's in my house, let it be redeemed with the sela that would happen to come from my purse into my hand. Rebiosi says it's redeemed. This seems to be once again the exact same, uh, exact same principle. Another proof from this baraita that Rebiosi thinks that indeed there is uh, some kind of barera. Okay, no problem. The Talmud uses the exact same uh, response. Epoch, switch it around. Ema Rebiosi Omer Lochilel. Perhaps, I will say, Rebiosi said, it is not redeemed. That second tithe produce is not redeemed. Okay, so whereas in the first Baraita, there was another position that you could just switch the positions around, here, they're doing even more injustice because they're actually adding the word low before, uh, before chilel or mechulal. That is to say, the report that the Breita says, Rebiosi's opinion, is that you can redeem your second tithe produce this way. No. Now, according to this reread of the Talmud, uh, the opinion of Rebiosi is that you can't redeem your second tithe produce this way. Well, if you think that the Talmud is willing to, to engage in these kinds of rewrites without any question, another voice in the Talmud uh, speaks up to say exactly what every reader is probably thinking, or something like it. The Talmud continues, Umay chazit da'abchat tarte mekame chada, epochada mekame tarte. Why? Do you, are you willing to reverse two brightot? Why are you willing to change around the opinions in these two brightot that we've just brought up? Why don't you just change the original statement of Rebiosi on the previous page that caused us to ask the question in the first place? That is to say, if you're willing to do total violence to texts 
in order to make them align with one another, the least you could do is cut up only one to make it jive with other two. Why cut up two and change those words and opinions around to jive with the first one? So the Talmud answers this question. Ha, and this is the hardest part about the study of the Talmud, these small words which refer to something else. So here, ha means this. What do you mean this? This here uh, refers to the last baraita we talked about, the one about redeeming second tithe produce. Ha, vadai iprat tanya. This one was certainly taught the other way around and needs to be switched back around to make it make sense. Why? Dekatani Seifa, because we'll get the answer from the next part of that baraita, which wasn't quoted above. And that next part is as follows. Umode Rebiosi, Beomer Maaser, Shieshli Betoch Beiti, Yehe, Mechulal, Alsela, Chadasha, Shetaale, Bidi, Min Hakis, Shechilel. Rebiosi agrees, however, he admits that in the case where a person said the second tithe produce which I have in my house should be redeemed with this new sella that would happen to come from my purse into my hand, in that case it is chilel, in that case it is redeemed. Because of the fact that in this clause of the Brita it says chilel, therefore it must be in the first clause, Lo that it is not redeemed. That is to say, if in clause B, we say that something is redeemed, that only sort of makes sense if in the first clause uh, uh, it was the other way around. This is a rather nice rejection of the notion that Talmudic logic is basically totally fungible. It isn't totally fungible. Things, in fact, do need to, to make sense to line up. And here, uh, the second voice, uh, I think, quite well answers the, the obvious question of that first stage of the argument and actually provides some compelling literary evidence for why it's better, if you're going to mangle texts, to mangle more rather than fewer. That being the case, uh, I think that uh, we're still left with the question of how it is that the Talmud is willing to mangle its source texts uh, and change them and manipulate them. Um, but then again, when you think about it, Judaism is always about manipulating, manhandling, as it were, our source texts. And these texts are, uh, are indeed malleable in certain kinds of ways. Uh, and this is a nice example of it. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.